Welcome to the Lance Wallnow Show. Today's show is sponsored by Birch Gold. Visit lancewallnow.com forward slash Birch. Wait until you hear what happened at our latest live event. Lance is bringing down the house. Let's jump in. You, whether you like it or not, if you're going to serve Jesus, he that is going to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. I think the church, I think we've all lived off the legacy of, of generations of peace and prosperity and freedom. To be honest with you, we're going to have to toughen up a little bit mentally. We're going to have to stop thinking something's wrong when there's opposition. We have this kind of weird reflex on the inside of us that something's wrong when we're in warfare. Something's wrong when we're in trouble. Well, how about this? Something's wrong if you're not. Jesus said, woe unto you when all men speak well of you. You got the average church in Phoenix, or average Christian, or average minister, they got all upset when they get negative press. Well, according to the Apostle Paul, something's wrong. According to Jesus, something's wrong with a prophet that only gets good press. You should at some point be saying something that offends the flesh. You should at some point be annoying the devil. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, what's funny about that is Jesus, Jesus said exactly what the Father wanted him to say. He annoyed all the right people. His enemies were totally annoyed. They wanted to kill him. But the common people heard him gladly. So what I want you to understand is that when we get the message right, the average Joe really likes the message. It's certain kinds of people that are offended by it. You want to make sure you have the right enemies, I'm trying to tell you. You don't want the wrong friends. You want the right enemies. And that means the common people in Phoenix are going to hear your message. But there'll be certain people in Phoenix that will not like your message. Who will not like the message of an apostolic, growing, and dynamic church? Anyone who is jealous of the influence you have. I want you to understand what creates persecution. What creates persecution is the jealousy of influence, always. The government persecutes churches in communist countries because they're afraid they're going to influence people and the government's not going to influence them. So they shut down freedom of speech because they're afraid someone's going to raise up influence that's going to contradict what the will of the authority is. The devil, when, when Jesus was brought before Pilate, Pilate was very shrewd. He was a politician from Rome. He, he was dealing with Jews down here. He had his angry Italian cohort there, you know, garrison in Israel. They didn't like to be there. He had to be with them. This was his assignment right now in his career. And he noticed, this is what the Bible says, when Jesus was brought before him, he discerned it was for envy that they had delivered him up. Something about Jesus, even beaten up, even, even bruised, even spat upon. He looked at him, took the measure of him, talked to him, looked at these Pharisees and Sadducees, went back to Jesus, and he said, they're jealous. Even in the minority, even beaten up and spat upon, Jesus irradiated such a majesty, such a power, such an authority, such a leadership, that Pilate was intrigued with whether or not he had some kind of a monarchy behind him or thought he was royalty. He says, are you a king? Why would he say, are you a king? Not because of the accusations of his enemies, but because he was carrying himself in such a way that Pilate was fascinated with who the heck he was. you got to carry yourself that way. Jesus, what I'm trying to say is, it was for envy. If you're influential, I'm trying to prepare you for negative press. If you're influential in Phoenix, you're going to get negative press. And when you get it, it'll be from people that wish they had the influence you have, but somehow God gave it to you. You understand what I'm saying? And that's called favor. Everybody loves the idea of favor. If I was to preach on favor, oh, everybody wants favor. Favor is a supernatural smearing that comes from God that attracts to you everything that you need to accomplish the assignment God gave you. It's, a fat, it's like a gigantic magnet on the inside. It pulls towards you the divine appointments, the resources, and the uh, opportunities that correspond to the assignment that God gave you. Favor is a supernatural attraction factor. 
Everybody would love to have favor because favor gets you promoted. Favor gets you seen by the right person. You don't need to be seen by everybody. You just need to be seen by somebody. That's why, that's why you could obey God and say, well, I'm doing this a little different than usual. Most people would go off to Harvard or they go off to here. But God told me to go to this place here. And, and, but I'll tell you what, one of the ladies I coached, Donald Trump's first apprentice on The Apprentice was one of my students. And she, I, uh, she said, I said, how did you do, Kendra? She said, she said, well, every day I'd be jogging around listening to you teach. I'd listen to you teach on the believer's edge, doing business supernaturally. And she said, and then one day I put my name in and submitted it after I went to Florida State to, uh, you know, to, as she said, to uh, the apprentice. And they came down and did an interview and they decided to put me on the show. And they, there I am up against Harvard and Yale and like Dartmouth. And there's me, Florida State. I'm the one that doesn't have the pedigree. I don't have the Ivy League, but God told me to go there. I said, oh, this is a fascinating story. Tell me more. She said, well, I'm the first female apprentice. I'm also the youngest apprentice, and I did it supernaturally. I said, tell me more. She said, well, first of all, when I'm up against them, they decided they were going to team up and not help me with my project. Everyone has a project. And you can team up two on two or three on one or all work together. Uh, but in this case, all three decided to sabotage me on my project. So I had to do a photo shoot in New York for an automobile company. And I had to do an advertising campaign for the automobile company. She said, and I prayed. I didn't know what to do because they all abandoned me so I'd be the first one out. And the three Ivy Leagues would compete with each other. She said, well, I said, well, how, did you, how did you end up, uh, what did the Lord do? She said, uh, the Lord will make use of everything you've ever experienced in your life. So here's the interesting thing about your journey. You're going along in life, but everything that is happening there becomes automatically a resource God can use later. Any person you met, anything that you learned, God, the Holy Ghost can go through there and quicken to your remembrance anything that was ever taught to you, anything that was ever said. She said, I remember my dad took me to this fish market in New York when I was a little girl. And it was like the stone streets there, and it's really weird, like they throw fish at each other or something like that in this little market in New York. It's, it's a weird little section of New York, but it's cobblestone there, and it's like there's this fish market. It's an iconic kind of interesting place, if you know where it is. And the Lord just kind of brought it back as a picture. So I got the photo crew, and I got the, uh, the company, put their cars there, and we went and did this iconic little thing in the fish market, throwing the fish. We did like commercial right there and did the promo, and Trump loved it. Because he himself is from New York, and nobody even knows about this. He said it's a brilliant use of that. And then he turned and he said, and who was involved with the project? She said, it was just me. None of them helped me. In fact, they all agreed to sabotage me. And Trump turned to them and said, are you telling me if you guys were working for my company, you would sabotage one of my clients in order to get promoted? All three of them were in the electric chair at one time. Took out all of our enemies at one time. And I said to her, I said, well, my theory is that God will give you the anointing, and the anointing is that which is yet here. Now, it's interesting, we've got a whiteboard here, I'll show you what this is. So when you talk about, uh, when the Bible talks about favor, favor is always coupled with another word which is called wisdom. See, if you have supernatural attraction that attracts to you, but you don't have the wisdom to know what to do when the attraction comes, you lose. It's not enough to be able to have a million eyeballs on you. You actually have to have something to say when the camera's on. So the wisdom always goes with favor. It happens with Joseph. It happens with Daniel. It happens with Jesus. It happens with David. So the wisdom means you've got to be patient while God teaches you things. And a lot of your wisdom comes from making mistakes. You learn what works by finding out what doesn't work. So it also keeps you humble to make mistakes. If you don't make mistakes, then God has to give you a mistake so that he can get you humble to teach you the next thing. So favor plus wisdom go together. And I said to her, I said, well, uh, I'm curious about one thing. 
uh, you won the thing. In my experience, when you have this favor and wisdom, it kind of comes together to produce the excellent spirit. Excellent spirit. This is what Daniel had. He said, Daniel had an excellent spirit. And the word excellent spirit is the word Y-A-T. I'm going to say it's pronounced this way, Yatir, though spelled differently. Yatir means the mountain that juts up higher than everybody else. Do you know what the Latin word mediocre means? Latin mediocre means halfway up the mountain. Mediocrity is the average for people that don't have an anointing. What they celebrate as being peak performance is actually under what's possible if God gets in the performance. Let's say this again. Human nature will produce that. This area here that can only be done is the yatir is done by the Spirit of God. It's when the favor and the wisdom of God comes down. You go jutting up higher. The excellent spirit goes higher. So I said to her, I said, well, you yatir it out in front of your peers, and I'm interested in how God did that. You got the apprentice award, right? So uh, explain this to me. And she says to me, which was absolutely opposite of what I thought. I thought, well, God will cause you to go further than your enemies. She said, not necessarily. In my experience, what God did was, I didn't have more talent than them. I didn't have more intelligence than them. What God did was, he didn't speed me up to make me faster. He slowed them down to make them slower. I said, what? She said, if your enemy... If, if God can't make you run faster, he'll make your enemy move slower. And right away, boy, I just like a Holy Ghost whack. I thought, oh, this is important because so often we're all achievement-oriented. We're all, yeah, to your favorite. And then it's like the Lord says, ah, sometimes it works the opposite like that. It's not that you end up going up because you excel. It's because they look worse. In that case, they all went down because they conspired in their bad character to sabotage a lowly Florida state girl who Trump has an instinct about that pomposity and elitism because he had to face it his whole life for Manhattan people. He's from Queens. And they're all Harvard and Yale, and he's Wharton. So he was sensitive to this, what it's like to be treated like a second-class citizen. So he actually sympathized with her. We're entering a period of time that has increased hostility against people of faith. It's a time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral, physical, psychological, and even a financial basis. I'm here to remind you that God is the one who has blessed you thus far, and he will take care of you in the future. You have a divine responsibility, however, to see trouble and prepare yourself. For example, with record inflation eating away at the value of the U.S. dollar, the savings in your retirement account is in danger of slipping away. I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper assets and into physical gold. And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. And that includes no penalties, there's no taxes, when you transfer current retirement funds into Birch Gold. To see how it works, I want you to go to lancewalnut.com forward slash Birch and get your free info kit, and you'll be glad that you did. I said, Lord, is there any evidence in the Bible of that? I like all my ideas to be grounded in the Bible. So the Lord says to me, well, when the children of Israel exited out of Egypt... They were taken off out of Egypt. You remember their foot, they're on their feet. They're walking, they're carrying stuff. They've got all the plunder of 400 years worth of stuff that they had, they had labored for, and God gave it all back to them in one exit. All the years of, uh, of, of lost battles, God can restore to you when it's time for your transition. So here they are transitioning out of Egypt, 
Everything that they've lost generationally is being given to them in one generation. It's an end time revelation right there. But the enemy is coming after them with superior power. Technology, centralized banks, control of the media, government, CIA, FBI, I don't care what the apparatus is that Pharaoh has, barreling down on them with their iron chariots and these poor little Jewish foot soldiers walking in old day people carrying stuff with their luggage and everything. And here comes the machinery rolling down with the horses. And what did the, what did the Lord do? The Bible says God caused the wheels to come off of Pharaoh's chariots. Kaboom! Dragging those, those big heavy iron things through the sand. The horses are trying to go. So God basically slowed down. That's what the Lord said to me. If I don't make you faster, I'll make your enemy slower. All you do is give 100% of what you got. You can't give any more. Does that make sense to you? So what have I said so far? You're a different kind of church. God has a different purpose for you. The type of people that God wants to attract to this church are innovative people that have something on the inside that they want to do that they haven't done yet. If you're not that kind of person, at some point you'll be uncomfortable. And if you're successful as a church, you're going to succeed in doing some things. That will probably attract attention. The attention that you get may make you nervous, but don't let it make you nervous because it's really not designed to make you nervous. It's just to make, it's to help you know you're having an impact because all of those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but you don't want to be persecuted for ignorance sake. You want to be persecuted for righteousness sake. So you want to be doing right things that causes your enemies to pick on you. And who's going to pick on you? I'm prophesying ahead of time. People that are jealous of the influence you have. And I love to see church unity, but sometimes when churches that are innovative come forth, it's a religious spirit that attacks them first. You got a lot of goodwill with pastors. I want you to continue building goodwill with churches, continue building an apostolic uh, rapport with all churches. But I'll tell you something. When you really start to have impact, religious spirits become jealous of you first because you become like a people in a church and doing something and everybody wants to question, well, what's going on over there? And they want to they find a reason to criticize it. And you have to be able to handle that. Look, I may be prophesying something that's way down the road, but I'm telling it to you now so that you can know when it happens, everything's okay. Does that make sense to you? Now, the same thing happens to you. You want to go into a certain mountain, you got a dream you got to do as an individual. Let me tell you something. It's interesting. You want to go into that mountain. So let's take Daniel. We're talking Daniel. Daniel had an excellent spirit, the Bible says. Excellent spirit, which is yatir, which means it goes up higher than the other mountains. That's the area of the anointing. And uh, Daniel had favor and wisdom, and he had a certain gifting, the Bible says. He was able to interpret dreams and solve, and solve riddles. That's a curious anointing. He basically could be a problem solver and a dream interpreter. You guys track with me so far? And he was in a place called Babylon, which is like end times, we're going to be in Babylon. So here's Daniel in that place, but I want you to see what happens. God gives Daniel uh, Shadrach... Meshach and Abednego, which is the uh, which is uh, which they're going to be giving uh, which they're going to all these three Jewish boys have been deported at the same time. But I want you to see what God immediately forms in Babylon is an ecclesia. He puts the four sanctified young Jews in the heart of the enemy's camp. And they come together and meet in Daniel's house and pray together. And God gives them collectively a yatir over all the other people in Babylon. Next thing you know, Daniel and his buddies are at the top of the government mountain. And how are they doing it? They've got, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
I will build my ecclesia and the church of hell will not prevail. I'm telling you, Daniel is such an end time book. The Bible believes that, the Bible teaches pretty much that John in the book of Revelation takes the little book and eats it. They, everybody believes the little book was Daniel's book. Because Daniel is the John of Revelations for the Old Testament. Talks about the Antichrist, talks about history, talks about the rise of world powers, predicts Alexander the Great coming, predicts Rome, predicts the ten nations, the ten kings, the ten toes. Even predicts, for those of you that want to go down the conspiracy crazy trail, about the, uh, about the mingling of uh, fallen angels with men trying to produce their own hybrid, kind of like in the days of old when, when the angels came down and went to the daughters of men. All of that is implied in the, in, the, in the hidden code of Daniel. Daniel is the revelator of the Old Testament. And when you put Daniel together with, a, with the gospel or with the revelation of revelation, you have a threaded revelation that is completely powerful. So I say Daniel's an interesting dude to watch for your end time church. And what did Daniel have? He had a church in the middle of a hostile government. He had a church in Babylon. And what's even funnier is, he was at the top of the influence heap because he wasn't just hiding out there. He was influencing. He actually was the personal director or advisor to three consecutive presidents. Now, most of us would think, well, Brother Lance, that, that's kind of weird teaching because here's how, here's how we have evolved. I look at the world, and God gave me seven mountains as a revelation years ago. That's how come I'm so big on mountains. And the reason why I got the seven mountain revelation is because my friend Kim Clement and I was a great prophet, South African prophet. He, uh, he told me about a prophecy he gave to Senator Michael Crotz, a guy that was a real estate salesman in Atlanta, Georgia. And he told me he was going to have a son named Caleb who was going to walk in the same political steps as his father and that Michael was going to be, uh, was going to be in politics. Well, Michael Crotz was a young, charismatic business guy, wealthy real estate guy. Him and his wife, Phyllis, just got saved. He hears his prophecy in a church. He starts running for office. He runs for office. He's in Conyers County, Georgia. He's right walking outside the Marriott Hotel after he does a speech. Falls down dead of a heart attack. Dead of a heart attack. Why do I know that? Because for 15 minutes, uh, they have the paramedics working on him. And the paramedics have like a video of them trying to work on him. And they can't get a heartbeat. They'd like to get a heartbeat resuscitated so they could put him in the back and get him, you know, get fixed. But they can't even get the heartbeat. Then they got like 15 minutes to get down to the, ho the hospital. Then they got 10 minutes where they're working on him there. Well, it's like 40 minutes in my book. The, guy's, the guy hasn't been breathing. He's out of his body. I said, Michael, what happened? He said, I was in paradise, Lance. I was right there. He said, matter of fact, I was in this place. Uh, he said, for 38 minutes, I was conscious of it. He said, I was in this place with Jesus. And I was there. He said, and I'll tell you, it was such a great place that I didn't want to come back to earth. He said, it didn't matter. He said, this, he said, think about this. Some of you people that are praying for people that are saved and you're in the hospital and you're weeping and praying. and commanding. It could be that they're fighting you. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what's even worse. They're praying for you to die. <laughs> I'm serious. Michael said, Jesus said, uh, you know, you have, you have an assignment. He goes, I want you to send Phyllis and Caleb here. Send Phyllis and Caleb. I don't want to go back. I want them to come be with me. I want to be where you are. Jesus even said, Father, I pray that those whom you've given me be with me where I am. In other words, to depart is better. Even the Apostle Paul says, better to go than stay. I guess for your sake, I'll stay, but I'd rather go. In other words, once you've gone through that door, it's like being in Arizona parking lots and then coming into an air-conditioned room. <laughs> Who the heck wants to go back in the parking lot? Oh, like, you want all your friends, come into the air-conditioned room, please. Oh, God, send them in here. 
So while you're praying for your friends to get resurrected and healed, they're praying for you to die. <laughs> now, so the Lord says, I want to show you something, Michael. And he shows him this, this lake of water. This pond of water suddenly appear, materializes. And the Lord shows him these circles, these spheres, these islands. Now, I'll tell you exactly the story I was told. I called Kim Clement's secretary. I said, I'm going to go meet with, uh, with this man, uh, Senator Kratz. I want you to tell me, Debbie, uh, how to prepare for this. I got a camera crew coming down. I want to interview him. I'm so fascinated with this story. She goes, okay, Dr. Lance. She goes, what happened is Michael saw this lake. He sees this ocean. And suddenly out of the ocean come these seven islands. And the seven islands became seven mountains. And suddenly, there was one mountain that emerged on the horizon behind them. And the Lord said, that is the mountain of my kingdom, and it is greater than all the kingdoms of this world. And at that moment, Michael realized that those mountains were world kingdoms and that God's kingdom towers over all the kingdoms of this world. And then the finger of the Lord pointed at one of those seven mountains and said, that is the mountain of government. And Michael, you are called to go into that mountain. But there must be agreement. Agreement! Because you have a will. You have to say yes to the call of God. And so somehow Michael realized then that there was the, the will of God with being contended. And he said, yes, Lord. And at that moment, he goes back into his body and finds his wife, Phyllis, is commanding his spirit to come back into his body before they start carving him up to take organs out of him as an organ donor. And he beep, 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 the diodes go off. And the doctors freak out because he's been dead for like 40 minutes. And as a matter of fact, the one doctor that was there that had total unbelief turns to Phyllis Crotz, who commanded him to come back into his body. He said, now you've done it. <laughs> That's what he said. She goes, what? He goes, we'll be lucky if we can keep him in a coma. Even if he comes out. After 40 minutes without oxygen, his brain will be half dead, and he won't even remember anything. He won't even remember you. She goes, oh, she didn't know. She's a young Christian. She's thinking, did I do something wrong? Did I make a mistake? Was I interfering with God? You know, she's all this witchcraft hitting her head. Well, within 24 hours, Michael was completely restored and healed, and he went on to run and got reelected like three or four times. He, that's how come I could do the interview with him. He was alive. Something weird happened. I come down, I say, tell me about those seven. Because I was so excited about those seven mountains. I'm up in Kelowna, British Columbia, Wesley and Stacey Campbell's church. Seven mountains, I'm preaching. I'm on my way down to talk to Michael Cross. I give them the seven mountains. And I'm getting great revelation of the seven mountains. The kingdom of God is greater than all the mountains. And I'm saying, we've got to find out what those seven mountains are. Because I know the mountain of government is one of them. Because the Lord told Michael, you must go into that mountain and there must be agreement, Michael. Lauren Cunningham was there. He said, I'll tell you what the other mountains are. I go, what? He goes, Bill Bright and I met. 20 years ago, we met. God put us together in a meeting. And we both had the same revelation. He, and I, he pulled out a piece of paper, and I pulled out a napkin. And we both were getting the same thing. I was seeking the Lord on Colorado. And uh, he was seeking the Lord. And a donor who was com contributing to both Campus Crusade and Youth with a Mission made us get together. Because I'm charismatic, and he's, he's evangelical. And we big organizations, but we both don't flow together. And the donor, the, the donor made us get in unity. There's a hint. So we go to a restaurant where he tells us to meet. And I pull out my little piece of paper. I said, I said, uh, brother, I said, the Lord show me that if we can get the church and the family, there's seven domains and the schools 
and the politics and the entertainment and the, uh, and let's see, what was it else? And the media and the business. That if we were to take those seven mind molders of influence and if the church would just focus on deploying into society as salt and light and bringing the gospel of the kingdom, take the anointing of begin to dispossess and possess those heirs, we could disciple nations in one generation instead of doing it all, trying to lob grenades from TV and prayer walks over there in the church. We go into the systems because that's where 90% of us live anyway. Well, Bill Bright goes, that's amazing. The Lord gave me a revelation of seven world kingdoms. You call them mind molders, I call them world kingdoms. And they are religion, academia, family, government, um, arts, uh, news, and finance. They both had the similar language. One called them mind molders of culture, the other one called them world kingdoms. And I'm shocked because I now know the identity of all seven mountains in the great revelation that was coming to Mike Crofts in his resurrection. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back, the my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever, my pillow 2.0. <gasps> when I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My Pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My Pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of My Pillow. Now's the time to go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code to save 50% on your My Pillow 2.0. Not only that, for a limited time your entire order ships absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. MyPillow.com. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code Lance to save big on all of Mike's best products. That's promo code Lance. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends. Because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.